Good morning, beloved. How are y'all doing? All right. Woo. Fantastic. Um, I'm going to start off with a couple stories here. Uh, so a doctor was being sued for malpractice, and the new lawyer on the case was trying really hard to win. So he was asking the doctor a series of questions. Doctor, before you performed the autopsy, did you check for a pulse? No. Well, did you check his blood pressure? No. Did you check for breathing? No. Then is it possible that the patient was still alive when you performed the autopsy? Uh, no. Doctor, how can you be so sure? Because his brain was sitting in a jar on my desk. But, but couldn't the patient have been alive nevertheless? Well, it is possible that the patient could still have been alive and practicing law somewhere. All right, a second story. A newspaper reporter was interviewing an old rancher and asked him, to what does he, would he attribute his success as a rancher? With a twinkle in his eye, the man replied, it's been about 50% weather, 50% good luck, and the rest is brains. <laughs> All right, so the thing that ties those two together are the brain, the mind. And so that, that's what I'd like to, uh, to talk to you about this morning. Um, I'm actually going to share with you uh, some information that I'd actually learned in one of my classes that um, I took at the seminary down south. Um, in case you're wondering, it's like, how does, how does a class on, on the brain fit into a seminary course? Um, well, didn't God create it? And if God created it, shouldn't it work according to the, the way that his word says it should? So, uh, the course I took was actually, um, it was uh, taught by this lady here. Uh, her name is Dr. Carolyn Leaf. And a lot of what I'm going to talk about this morning, actually just a, a small, well, would constitute a small portion of this book, which is actually called Who Switched Off My Brain? Um, so, if you, if you find this interesting, or if you have any questions, um, please just come up and talk to me after, um, after the service, or you're always welcome, of course, too, to, to look up Dr. Leaf. Um, she, has, she has done some amazing work. Uh, she's actually from South Africa, where she was a, um, she's a doctor. She has a PhD. She was a researcher. Uh, she actually had her own practice where she was helping people with um, traumatic brain disorder and actually learning to function, actually learning to learn, and just has some amazing stories about how doctors would give up on people and she would get a hold of them, and they would just, they would excel. They would do better than their peers. Uh, but also, too, she is a believer, and she, has a, and she has a lot of fun actually talking to other believers and explaining how the mind works in a way that really does attest to the fact that there is a God, and um, also it aligns with the, the principles that are taught in the Bible. So, uh, Sure, we're all on the same page this morning. Who here has a brain? Okay, most everybody. All right. Okay. Um, so, who here is blessed with an amazing brain? Okay, okay. Slightly fewer, but okay, still doing good. And uh, who here is brilliant and becoming wiser and more intelligent all the time? Awesome. That is awesome. Um, I want you to know that I'm not asking just to, to get people to agree with me, um, even though those things are true. I just wanted to get everybody to think for a moment, because um, 
I don't know, if you're like me, sometimes you don't always feel that those things are necessarily true. Um, and that's actually one of the things I want to address this morning. Really, uh, it's going to be a short message. Um, there's two points to this message. Uh, one is the fact that you are amazing, and you have an amazing brain. Uh, the second point is that we can actually take control of our thought life. We can actually restructure our brain by the way that we think. And this is actually becoming uh, well-known science and actually uh, has even um, turned into a new, uh, new field in psychology called uh, cognitive behaviorism. So not that I'm trying to, I'm going to try not to throw too many, too many big words out this morning, but just wanted, you, just wanted everybody to get the principles here. So the first off, uh, let's, jump, let's jump right in and actually talk about how amazing the brain really is. So, he who has a brain, let him hear. Okay, the human brain is actually roughly the size of these, your two fists. So if you put your fists together like this, that's just about the size of your brain. And that's just pretty good, um, pretty good estimation of the shape of it, too. And it weighs three pounds on average. Um, however, it consists of one billion cells uh, that are called neurons uh, that store information by actually connecting to other neurons. Is when, you have the, when the cells connect, that actually forms a memory. So each neuron, on average, um, will uh, connect to about a thousand other neurons. So you have a billion, it makes a thousand connections. Um, so that gets us up into about the trillion range. But the amazing thing is, is they actually connect in such a way that a neuron um, will actually help with many memories at a time, and that actually exponentially increases the amount of storage capacity that you have in your brain. So average human brain can store about 2.5 million gigabytes of information. Okay, so if, you know, to translate this into terms of a DVR, you know, if you like to record things that come on television, um, that would be 350 years of TV programming nonstop that you would be able to recall from memory, assuming that there's no reruns. So not that I'm suggesting you use your brain in that way, but just to let you know you have the space for it. Now, the thing is, each neuron can actually form up to 15 to 20,000 connections. So right now, the average person, you know, their neurons are forming about 1,000. But the thing is, again, it exponentially increases. So it's not just 15 times more storage capacity we're looking at, but it can actually form enough storage capacity in your head so that you could, it would take you about 3 million years to fill up your brain with information. So in any given moment, your brain is performing about 400 billion activities, of which you're conscious of about 2,000 of those. So there's a lot that's going on in your head that you're not aware about. Uh, on a given day, you're going to have about 70,000 thoughts. The slowest speed at which information is going to travel up here in your noggin, 260 miles an hour. And uh, in, in the universe as a whole, there's 10, time, 10 to the 80th power atoms. So basically, if you take a one and you put 80 zeros after it, that's about how many atoms that scientists think are actually make up the universe. Your brain kind of laughs at that number because we start talking about the number of different ways that you can, your brain can be wired. It's 10 to the million, which, I mean, essentially is infinite. There's an infinite number of ways in which the human brain can be wired, which also means that every single person 
is unique and always will be. And also, every person is uniquely gifted. So humans continue to make neurons throughout their life. That was actually something that was discovered not too long ago. People thought that your brain stopped growing, and if you know, something happened, if you start killing off cells, you're in trouble. But that's not true. You actually continue to make them throughout your whole life. And you know what? Your brain will continue to change throughout your whole life. You can, you can learn. You can actually become more intelligent throughout your whole life. There is never a time which you're going to peak unless, you know, barring you know, some type of degenerative brain uh, disease that you would acquire. And every time you make a memory, and this is really important, every time you make a memory, there's a new connection that happens in your brain. Okay, so what does all that mean? Well, it means that you have an incredible God-given ability to learn, to think, to reason, and to grow. You will never exhaust the capacity that God gave you. Your mind is constantly active. It's designed to operate that way. You process information at phenomenal speeds. You are unique and uniquely gifted. You will never stop learning. And as I mentioned before, you, will continue, you, can, you can become continually wiser and more intelligent. But the thing is, there is a catch um, because there's an element of personal responsibility involved in all this. Your brain is just like a muscle. You don't use it, you lose it. However, that's not how God intended it to be. So what I want to focus on a little bit is really just this ability um, to actually cause our brains to change by the way that we think. Because as I said, anytime, every time you have a thought, every time you, have a, you form a memory, you're actually changing the way you think. So you actually form thought patterns in your, in your head. I mean, essentially a thought pattern is just how signals go through your brain along a, a group of these neurons. So, and each one is unique. So you can, I mean, you'll have unique groupings of these neurons. Now, each time you use one of those, you use a thought pattern, it becomes strengthened. And also, that means that every time you have a thought, you are more likely to have that thought again. And it's, you can even look at the brain. So it, you can actually pick out, like, okay, you know, this group of neurons, that, that makes me think this particular way. And actually, you can see people who, who continually think things again and again, you'll actually have thick clusters of neurons that will all be grouped together. All right. So the biggest thing here is that every thought we have is going to affect every future thought we have. So we need to be careful about how we think. And also, too, since, as I, as I mentioned before, the majority of the brain activity actually occurs, you know, on the level that we're, we're not even conscious about, so how, how we think will affect us in ways that we don't even know. So a lot of what goes on is actually as we learn new things, our brain accesses everything we've learned in the past, and so that will affect how we learn new things as well. So say you have a, a destructive thought that you've taken to heart. I mean, it can pop up in the weirdest places. It can affect things that you would never guess it was going to affect. So we have to be careful. So now, on the other hand, if you don't use a particular thought pattern, over time, that connection will actually become weaker and weaker 
and eventually it will just dissolve. So it's in, in essence, once it goes away, you literally won't think that way again. So, and oftentimes, it's going to be replaced by a new way of thinking. So, the wonderful news here is that you can actually change the way you think one thought at a time. So, you can actually use this, this process of the brain constantly changing to, take, um, to your advantage by taking control of your thought life. So, and, and essentially perform, you can think of it as actually performing brain surgery on yourself. So, in a very safe way. <laughs> okay. So, let's take, let's take, for instance, say you want to, you want to love someone more. Um, let's see. Sorry. Um, say you want to be more patient. Well, you know, you know, maybe you're like me. Maybe you want to get better at honoring people or encouraging people. Being able to, like, when you meet someone new, the, the first thing that comes to your mind is, okay, you know, what in this person can I, I look at and, and say, that's God at work in them? You know, because, you know, that's how I want to be. Well, or also, too, you know, now what if you have a way of thinking that you actually want to get rid of? Um, what if you, you know, say that there's something, you don't like how you react to a situation? Because really, that's, that's one of the best ways to, to understand how you think is how you first react to something. Say, you react to something in fear, you react to something in anger, well then, you know, that's probably something, you, you know, you need to deal with and you want to get rid of. Well, the wonderful news is God has given you the ability to change. Better yet, he is actually thrilled to work with you to do that. So the Holy Spirit is actually waiting for you to take advantage of this wonderful tool that he's given you and give you the wisdom and the strength that you need to actually literally renew your mind. Because that's, that's what I'm talking about here. Is actually, it's, it's the physical manifestation of what, of what God says in Romans 12.2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. So science calls this, they have a big term for it, they actually call it neuroplasticity. And it's something that is actually creating a lot of buzz right now. But like I said, this, this, is, just, this is just the physical manifestation of what, you know, of what God has in his word. You know, because we, we are beings, we are three-part beings. We have, a, we have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a mind. And whatever happens, in, you know, for our spirit and our soul, well, there's likely to be a physical consequence or manifestation of that as well. So we are, by doing this, we're constantly, or excuse me, consciously restructuring our brains to be a fuller expression of the image of God. We're weakening and we're dissolving old neural pathways while establishing and strengthening new ones in order to manifest the mind of Christ. As a result, we're going to be wiser, happier, healthier, because we're using the brain for what it was created for. We're getting our brain in alignment with God. Okay, I do want to take just a second to explain. When I say healthier, I, I really mean healthier. Um, in Dr. Lee's book, uh, she states that research shows around 87% of illnesses can be attributed to our thought life, and approximately 13% to diet, 
diet, genetics, and environment. Studies link more chronic diseases, they're also known as lifestyle diseases, to an epidemic of toxic emotions in our culture. These toxic emotions cause migraines, hypertension, strokes, cancer, skin problems, diabetes, infections, allergies, and more. Despite the advances of modern medicine, these diseases are increasing worldwide. According to the American Institute of Stress, between 75 to 90 percent of visits to primary care physicians result from stress-related disorders. And lastly, this is the new one that actually I just uh, saw recently. Uh, multiple studies have suggested a link between unforgiveness and ailments such as chronic back pain. And there's actually a, um, a new interest in studying how unforgiveness and forgiveness affect people's health. There's actually quite a few um, psychologists who are starting to study that. So all of this really, it, it points to the truth of uh, Deuteronomy 30, 19 to 20 in our lives today. When God says, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. So God has actually, it's true, God has actually given us the ability to choose life for ourselves, and also, too, I mean, as much as we can influence others, you know, to try to instill life into them as well. And one of these ways that God has, has allowed us to choose life is by controlling our thought life. So there's, um, in Dr. Lee's book, she actually talks about 13 different steps, different actions that you can take in order to, to try to re, you know, renew the mind. Um, I'm just going to cover just a, a brief few this morning uh, due to time. Uh, the first one is that we live out 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we take our thoughts captive, and we decide if we want them to become part of who we are. So remember, each thought we have is going to strengthen a thought pattern in our minds. So it's important to actually take, those, take what we're currently thinking captive and say, hey, do, do, is, this, is this representative of the type of person that I want to be? So in that, each thought is important. So living out this process requires two things. First of all, we have to become aware of what we're thinking, and we have to make choice on if we agree or disagree with the thoughts that we're having. So we actually all have the ability to, to monitor our thinking. It's, it's actually a, it's a wonderful God-given gift, um, and I'm sure everyone here has, has done it and does, you know, does it pr fairly regularly, where you actually kind of stand outside of yourself and you start asking why am, I, why am I thinking this? Why, why, or probably more likely, why does this bother me so much? And that's, to me, that's what taking those thought captive, thoughts captive is. It's, it's just saying, it's like, okay, this thought's going through my head, you know, but I'm going to actually look at it, I'm going to stop, instead of just reacting on it. So, and, and if this is not something that you normally do, um, it's, it's really simple. All you have to do is just ask yourself, what am I thinking? Just do it periodically throughout the day. It's like, what am I thinking about right now? 
Or maybe, you know, what do I think about fill in the blank? You know, could be a person, could be activity, just something going on around you. So, and, you know, when you do this on a regular basis, you may actually get, be, be a little surprised at what you think. Um, a few things I'll throw out there is, uh, you know, try to, try to pay attention to how often you think about, you know, what I could have, should have, would have done, um, or, say, replaying scenarios in your head over and over. Um, also, too, if, you know, have you formed an association with a problem or, may, or a disease? You know, do you ever say, well, I'm just not a patient person, I'll just never be good at whatever it may be? Or maybe think in terms of my arthritis, my back pain, my whatever the disease may be. And I bring these up because, and I'll point out, especially when you start running scenarios through your head again and again, you're just strengthening that way of thinking. You're making that become a, a more significant part of who you are. So you have to be careful with those. And conversely, you know, do you not think about anything? You kind of just go through the motions of the day. Um, you know, guys, we're pretty good at that if we need to be, I think. And I think we have an easier time. Um, but the thing is, you know, your mind wasn't meant to work that way either. It wasn't meant just to accept because you don't care about what you're doing and just try to turn it off to, to get through whatever you need to. So these types of thoughts or lack thereof actually need, you know, they need to be addressed. And, and also, too, I'll throw out the same, as your same goes for your words as well. So, because a lot of us, I mean, like me, I'm not really thinking in my head what I'm going to say. I'm just talking. But those words are coming from thoughts. And, you know, in fact, actually, I'm even hearing what I'm saying, and so I'm thinking about what I'm saying as I'm saying it. So, the same goes for that as well. You have to be careful with both what goes on up here and what comes out here. So, and when you're doing this, you know, for, for the thoughts going through your head, it's like you may actually have to stop and kind of say, you know, have, have a conversation. You know, have a conversation with yourself. You know, and that's okay. You can do that. You can, actually, you can do it in your head or you can do it out loud. But, you know, because the mind was made to work that way. It was made to think deeply. Actually, that's what meditation is. You know, you're actually taking a thought and you're delving into it. You're, you're, you're expanding it to figure out okay, what do I really think about this? Or maybe, why do I really think this way? And then also, too, you know, get God into the conversation. It's like, Holy Spirit, I don't know why I think this way. What am I doing? And to get to the core of it. Okay, now, I also have to throw out, you know, the, the hardest time to do this is the time when you really need to do it the most, when you're upset. Um, I'll just say our house has been interesting. Uh, this past week, uh, Aaliyah, my daughter, has decided she does not want to go to bed at all, ever. Um, she has started, I, 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 it just happened, um, just happened Wednesday night and has been happening most nights since then. You try to put her in her bed like, and just get her to lay down and she starts screaming in a way I've never heard her scream. She, is, she has learned the art of tantrum. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, not knowing what to do, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's the guidebook for parenting I haven't seen yet. 
that addresses some of this, but um, you know, I eventually just wound up sitting on her bed for two hours, from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, and my daughter's two, but she normally goes to bed at eight. But from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, after she had been screaming for the you know, previous couple hours, and just try, waiting for her to fall asleep, and she would sit there and she would fight it as best she could and just, you know, kind of like just fall, fall asleep sitting up and just kind of went around. But, and then when, as soon as I try to leave, she starts screaming again. So let me tell you, I like to sleep. I really do. <laughs> but, you know, and being in a situation where it's like, okay, I am tired. My daughter's screaming at the top of her lungs and I am getting mad, you know, because she's interrupting my life <laughs> and I want to sleep. But the thing is, you know what? That's, I mean, that's when you have to do this. That's when you have to capture it and say, okay, I can either react out of my anger and yell at my daughter, which, of course, is not going to fix anything, or I can, I can just take this captive and I can, you know what, realize that, okay, I want to be a good dad. That thought is not consistent with me being a good father. So I have to put it aside. And that's how powerful this I, this part of your brain is, that it can actually, you know, even though your whole body can be saying, do this, do this, God has given you the amazing ability just to sit, stand back and say, you know what, no, I'm not going to react out of my human side. I'm going to react out of you. And so I talk calmly to my daughter, even though I don't want to. <laughs> Okay, but the thing is, we can all do this. You know, we're not all going to do it perfectly every time, but we can do it. You know, because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's very true. All right, so once you understand what you're thinking, then you have to act. You have to make the conscious decision to accept or reject a thought. Now, we'll want to give a little aside before I go into that anymore. There's a part of your brain that's called the hippocampus. Um, it's actually a small tube-like structure that kind of goes along the, kind of like makes about an arc in your head, goes from the back to the front, it's about in the center of your brain. The function of that, the hippocampus primarily is it's your short-term memory. So information gets stuck there for about 48 to 72 hours. Um, after that point, uh, basically you're going to make your your brain's going to make a decision, do I want to put this into my long-term storage that's up in your gray matter, or is this worthless? Um, we see this very often with cramming for tests. Um, if you've ever had that experience, um, you know, maybe, you know, I like to think I'm probably not the only bad student in here in this case. But uh, you study really hard for whatever, you know, the night before, the day before or so. You go in, you take the test, and you do great on the test. Two days later, you have no idea what that course was just about. Okay, so what has happened is that the, the information was in your hippocampus, in your short-term memory, but after you took the test, you had no use for that information anymore. At least that's how you felt, so that's what your brain reacted on. So in other words, it went away. It just became heat energy, essentially. Okay, so the thing is, that works just as well for what we're talking about. Because we all have a free will and we all have this ability to kind of stand outside of ourselves and figure out what we're thinking. Well, we can actually make a conscious decision to accept or reject 
the thoughts we're having, and it works the same way. And the great thing about it is God gave us a buffer. He gave us 48 hours or so that we can figure it out. So say we get into an argument, we lose our cool, we yell at people, we do whatever. Two hours later, we're like, oh man, that was not good. That's not who I want to be. You know what? You can still kind of deal with it at that point. You can, say, you can make that decision to say that, no, that's not who I want to be. So it prevents, it prevents those thoughts from having the impact on your future thinking that it would. Okay. Um, one other thing I want to talk about really quick, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. So, so we talked about, okay, monitoring your thoughts, accepting and rejecting your thoughts. One other thing I do want to talk about um, is living out Philippians 4.8, which says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Okay? What we think about determines who we're going to be. Why would we not want to think about those things that are lovely, noble, right, and true? Because isn't that who we all want to be? So what does that look like? It can look like different things to different people. Um, Some obvious ones, spend time in worship. You know, read the Bible, meditate on God's word. Meditate on what he's done in your life. That's a good one. Meditate on who he says you are. It may even be a better one. Okay, it can also be watch, watch good movies. Read good books. Because you know what? If you fill your head with bad movies, bad books, bad whatever it is, you know what? Okay, that's just help determine who you are. Spend time with uplifting people. Admire the beauty God has placed in this world. You know, just stop and appreciate what's there. And you should especially focus on the areas in your life. If you want to see a change in your life, if you're making a decision and you're rejecting some old thinking that that's not who I want to be, the best thing you can do, replace it with something else. You know, it's hard, it's hard to forget about things when you want to forget about them. To not do something just because you want to not do it, you have to find an alternative. And say, again, say you're afraid of something. Say you get angry. Say you don't feel adequate in some area. Find out what the truth is. Because you know what? I know God created every single person here. We're all in his image. You know, now granted, we all have special giftings, and some folks are going to be better at some things than others. But you know what? We are all amazing at something. And we are amazing people in general. So if there's something that's eating on you, that's keeping you from feeling like that, or if there's something that's just ticking you off or whatever it may be, go to God and find out who you are in that area. Read the Bible. You know, if it's, I have no patience, go read the Bible and, sit and see what God says about patience. You know, or talk to people, talk to brothers and sisters, and and find out what they think about you and what they think your potential is. Okay, and I'll just mention, too, um, it takes about 21 days to actually form solid connections between your neurons and your brain. So just keep that in mind. So this is not like a shoot-and-forget type of thing. 
you know, just like when we replay scenarios in our head, that's, and, you know, how they, you know, one of, the, one of the reasons that that's so bad for us is because we keep reinforcing. We want to do that with the good stuff. We want to reinforce. We want to, you know, for about a, for a month, just say, you know what? I want to work on this issue, and I'm going to stick with it. So I'm, going to, I'm just going to keep repeating the truth, or I'm going to explore different ways, you know, different, different verses, different, different ways that God has spoken that truth into your life. You know what? And you will see, you're going to see a change. And, and I speak from experience with this too. Part of, the, part of the class that we had to do was actually going through the process of, you know, taking 21 days, picking out an issue in our lives and, and working on that. We had to do it, I actually had to do it twice. And it's pretty amazing, um, you know, to, to start ingraining what God thinks about you as opposed to the lies that you were living with before. And, and actually speaking of that too, if there is something that you do want to work on, um, Sozo ministry is a great way to find out the truth of what God thinks about you in any particular area. So please, um, you're always, please come up and, and talk to us about that or, you know, take a, take a look at one of the flyers that we have in the back of the website as well. Okay, so I'd like to pray for us real quick, and then we will uh, get back to worship. Ooh. All right, dear Lord, I just, I thank you that you have blessed us with such an amazing brain, Lord, that you have, and you have given us control over determining who we want to be, Lord, one thought at a time. And Lord, I thank you that for every, every good thought that we have, every, you know, that we are, we are winning a victory. Lord, in your name, and that we are becoming more and more the people who you want us to be. Lord, I thank you that you have blessed us with the mind of Christ and that we can see that fulfilled more and more throughout our lives. So, Lord, please reveal to us how we're thinking, and Holy Spirit, please do give us the wisdom and the strength to make choices about what we're going to think based on who we are in you and who we want to be. And Lord, please just be with us throughout this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.